1: To of two. Seroquel 2.0, um, I quickly hit the record button when Kurt wasn't paying attention, but yeah. Yeah, I we actually were... forgot to put the recorder thingy in. The disc. Luckily, we noticed that before we recorded the whole dang episode into nowhere.
0: So today we're going to just run through some of the Seroquel. This is a Seroquel 2.0. Did, lo- did one a long time ago.
1: long time ago, and we kind of added some stuff that's, super important actually i can't believe we did not the first time but we've learned a lot in the last couple of years doing this podcast well not not I just have. in like learning but in i don't know I've all learned, aspects
0: i learn it but it, i forget it quickly
2: <laughs>
1: That's anyway side of being an older person <laughs> yeah an older, see what i did there yeah, we're not <laughs> saying
0: elderly <laughs> anymore
1: all right anyway so serequil quetiapine First entered the market in 1997 when I was, you know, starting kindergarten. In
0: 97, you were in kindergarten. I
1: lied. Ninth grade, tenth grade. I was thinking 87. Okay, tenth grade.
0: I thought, geez, high school. So yeah, and you know, if we think about it, you know, it was quite a quite a time before that. It was 1990 when risperidol kind of showed up. So,
2: but
1: isn't that crazy though that really the first antipsychotic wasn't there until the 90s?
0: Well. Yeah, but you had other things before
1: that. What was that one that y'all use in your generation?
0: <laughs> we used lots of things back then, but there were Poor things. Horse tranquilizer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. All right, so how does it work? Oh. Di- I'll, I'll say all the big words. You say words. the big word because I don't think I Dibenzodiazepine, a typical antipsychotic drug.
0: So it, this is a drug that's pretty similar to cl- clozapine. I say that correctly. That's you a did hard that one. Clozapine, um, which is the first generation. Yeah, and that was one of the ones that had been used first. So that was the first generation one.
1: Oh, risperdal was the first second generation. Yes. 19. Gotcha. I'm catching up now. I learned that a long time it ago. It took you a while. <sighs> so has it's a potent serotonin receptor antagonist, but also antagonizes the other serotonin receptors. So five HT two A and five HT one A. Yeah.
0: And it is a moderate dopamine receptor agonist. Antagonist. D, I'm sorry, antagonist at D2 and D1,
1: which is important because that's how you get the extra pyramidal side effects.
0: Correct. Don't yeah. want those.
1: The tard of dyskinesia, and it's a histamine H1 antita- antagonist. Wow,
0: it's it's an antagonist to everything. Apparently, Even ad- I didn't. Drink adrenergic, yeah, adrenergic alpha receptor antagonist also. So it's like.
1: Man. It does everything except cholinergic, muscarinic, and benzo
0: receptors, yeah. There you go. So the half-life of this is about six hours. And most of the time, you know, if it's misused, it's kind of considered a downer.
1: Right. You know, and I think Kind of like we, being around
0: you. <laughs> okay, never mind. Where's the wah, wah, wah? <laughs> yeah, it's wah, like... Wah, oh, I found it. it. It's like a downer. Um,
1: it has a lot of benzene rings. It's it's a fancy chemical structure. But let's get down to the what we all use it all. Well, what it's actually approved for, schizophrenia, manic depressive episodes, and maintenance for bipolar. Mm. Did you hear those things? There's a big one not on here.
0: Okay, what's that?
1: Which is, well, we'll get there. Oh, okay. The off label.
0: It has current approvals or indications in 2020 of schizophrenia, manic depressive episodes, maintenance of bipolar, And actually, that kind of is an adjunct uh, for the treatment of major depressive disorder.
1: But they're kind of debating the pediatric schizophrenia, pediatric bipolar one. So the thing we did not talk about on this list that I think people use it the most for is insomnia.
0: It happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Off-label. Interestingly enough, in 2008, $4.5 billion in sales. Billion. Billion. Yeah. I could buy a lot of stuff for... That much money.
0: No, there was a little controversy back a, back a while. that The manufacturer didn't disclose some things.
1: <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day. So it did not disclose the metabolic side effects. So, I mean, this is the whole...
0: You're going to get pudgy. You're
1: going to, you know, and the diabetic and all, all of the things. And uh, again...
0: Apparently they knew, but they just...
1: Didn't care, and uh, there were also concerns about them doing some off-label marketing. Which, you know, if it's not FDA approved and all of that, you're really not supposed to market it to non-approved things. And they did a lot of that for once again insomnia. Yeah.
0: That was probably in the days of the drug rep where they give you a pen, a bunch of pads, and like, hey,
1: you, you know, know, just so you know, I like miss that whole generation of, you know, free meals and trips and pens and notebooks. It I was, never got to do that. Yeah. I mean, I got a couple of donuts once. I guess
0: <laughs> pizza, um, but yeah, it's that whole thing that they got a little bit of a jam for telling people, "Hey, you should use this for insomnia. It makes people tired," uh, and they weren't supposed to quite do that. So it's, what? It, it's interesting too. The, are you going to talk about the study? Well, I about was just going well, to
1: point out who it was by John Cole an ER Doctor at Hennepin Healthcare, who became one of our our besties. <laughs> I like to say that when he presented on our COVID Echo. So Mm -hmm. if you scroll back through some of our podcasts from, you know, 2020, and you'll find the podcast where we highlighted his great story because he had COVID and all of that. So anyway, so this was his study.
0: So he's actually did a paper on the intentional recreational abuse of, of quetiapine. Uh, compared to some of the other second-generation antipsychotics. That was in 2017.
1: So he looked at 10-year retrospective analysis of the National Poison Data System. And so they queried all cases of single-substance second-generation antipsychotic exposures that they had coded at the poison data system as intentional abuse. So again, just quetiapine, they, they filtered all of the ones that had multi-drugs involved.
0: Yeah, there was a ton of them. 2,100 cases of quetiapine abuse and thirteen over 1,300 of other second generations. So roughly 60% of the cases were actually quetiapine.
1: Yeah, the next closest was Risperdal, which only had as quarter as, as many, so only 530. And Olanzapine only had half as many as Risperdal, so only about 10% of all the cases. So bottom line, 60% People of abuse was ab- quetiapine as a single drug, though. Yeah, Like, I wonder if this study's ever been done when it's just one of multi-drugs.
0: But yeah, anyway. I mean, that's really pretty interesting. And, you know, some of this, you know, most of the effects of this have, have really been this kind of CNS stuff, the drowsiness, the confusion, the agitation. And, you know, so, you know, although at higher doses, of course, you can end up with some real trouble.
1: You mean coma and respiratory depression and seizures and hypotension I'd, are all bad?
0: I'd probably put coma in the group of
1: Serious problem. I thought, you know, when I was in elementary school, in the choir, and I was tall, so I was in the back thing, the person standing next to me had a seizure and fell off that higher thing, like the two and a half, three foot one, nailed the ground, and that has scarred me. So seizures scare me to death.
0: So you're saying he was on quetiapine?
1: No, I'm just saying he had a seizure disorder, but and didn't know it until that day. But uh, the, the whole seizure side effect, I think, scares me more than coma, to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, the conclusion of their little paper was that...
1: Don't stand on risers. We should, we should really be aware
0: <laughs> that people are taking quetiapine recreationally, and so abuse is common, and it's much, much higher than any other second generation. So as you prescribe these things, understand it is, uh, it is on the street.
1: Okay, I want you to like repeat that whole abuse thing in 60% at the very end of this talk so I don't forget because I want to tie it to our new addition stuff. Anyway, so in the Journal of Psychiatry in 2010, there was a study, Is Seroquel Developing an Illicit Reputation for Misuse and Abuse? So they looked at uh, this case reports, a whole bunch of case reports. They found that the majority of the people who are misusing Seroquel, quetiapine are more male, mostly taking orally and or intranasally. Very little IV, even though the drug is water-soluble. And most commonly abused in jails or in inpatient psych units.
0: Yeah, and actually people that have previously been in. uh, I've seen a couple different things where you're more likely to misuse it if you've been in the correctional system and got out. So, again, the bottom
1: line is why.
0: Yeah. And there's not a clear explanation as to why some people use it more than others, but it seems like the usual thing. Guys are doing it more. Yeah.
1: (sighs) Anyway, so is it, is it, so some kind of brainstorm ideas that people have kind of come up with this? Maybe why has to do with a histamine or, I don't know, less sedating than nolanzapine or clozapine. Um, But I thought part of it was to, make you sedated, I don't know, potency, a D2 is, has less impact. So then they're not going to have as many of the extra pyramidal symptoms maybe. Um, they don't have the, I don't, I don't know. Nobody knows.
0: Nobody knows. They think it may not decrease your dopamine quite as much. Which, so it's kind of, so you get one. this kind of nice, relaxed, sedated feeling. But yeah,
1: feel good. You can still enjoy it.
0: It's got a lot of interesting names in the correctional system and on the street.
1: I don't know. My favorite is snoozeberry. <laughs> it's not the most common one, but I uh, like it.
0: Quell is probably what most people think about. Or
1: baby heroin, Suzy Q. Yeah,
0: if you got a if if you have a a drug that's you know normally prescribed and people are calling it baby heroin, that's probably a clue you shouldn't be.
1: I always think the other clue is like things that have you be more a street name or a fancy name. Like if they have a catchy name, it's probably something people are abusing. Yeah, Because nobody's like, ooh, a Memprizol and yeah. come up with something fun for that.
0: One of the other things in some of the studies that have shown that, that the people that tend to misuse this the most are actually people who have pretty strong histories of substance use. And, um, and it is used with other drugs. Uh, cocaine. The cue ball. The cue ball.
1: Isn't that what they call people who have, like, total bald heads? <laughs>
0: I'm not sure. I have hair.
1: All right. Okay, so the National Prison Data System misuse abuses largely in prisons and psych wards, like we already said. In 2018, 60% of all cases called in for anti- atypical antipsychotics. So, again, but overdoses were due to the Seroquel. Um Yeah. Yeah. Very common,
0: and and there's some studies that have shown that about thirty percent of people trying to get it in the correctional care system uh, fake their symptoms to get it. So because it's you know if, it's not no, it's necessarily a fun drug, but it makes you kind of calm and kind of a measured high. Right, it makes yeah. you introspective. I mean, so you'd be like me, be introspective. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, I... Now I remember what button that is. Yeah, so it's – but the whole sedating thing, I think we talked about a different drug not that long ago as well that, you know, someone had quoted on one of the – you know, Arrowhead or one of those things that they like it because if you can just sleep throughout, it makes the time go faster. But yet the twist is it's being studied for use in substance use disorder. So even though the people who abuse it the most have a history of substance use disorder, it is being studied in people who abuse cocaine, cannabis, alcohol, and opioids.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of lot of papers on that that I ran across. Um, and it, it's interesting too because people who are dependent on benzos seem to seem to also like to use uh, Seroquel.
1: even though they don't act in the same places. But yeah. you know, yeah. So, you know, they do have some warnings associated with the drugs, so actual manufacturer warnings. It does have increased mortality in older people with dementia-related psychosis. It's actually contraindicated, which is why if you're ever running in a nursing home, you get the pharmacy alerts that any a person's on an antipsychotic, you have to, like, every month explain that you understand the risk and sign off mm-hmm. on it.
0: And, of course, when it's kind of like got some of that warnings, too, like some of the other medications where that's that increased suicide suicidality and behaviors when people start this so that's always something to watch for and if you're under the age of 10 well it's not for you right it's not approved
1: okay so i just love this journal article uh we just came across it's from 2016 real world effectiveness of antipsychotics
0: yeah and i think if we look at can, can uh, you
1: read that quote
0: well first we'll just set this up saying if you look at its effectiveness, it should, you know, if it's not as effective, we should be prescribing it less. And something
1: that is more effective, fewer side effects, you know.
0: And so this thing basically just kind of brought together some of these things. It's like, well, um, are there any clinically meaningful differences between specific antipsychotic agents? And in fact, there
1: are. So what they found out is... Clozapine and olanzapine. Now, I don't, can you list? I don't know if you can see in there if there what drugs were actually studied in this study. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Um, I think I read in there that it's, they, a,
0: it's actually more of a
1: an editorial, an review. editorial review. Yeah, yep. so I think this was one in all the studies I found around the same time. Aripiprazole wasn't part of those yet because it was still super new. But overall, Clozapine, olanzapine, did you know perform much better um than the first generations and all the other antipsychotics?
0: Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting. So,
1: but even better or worse <laughs> that the quetiapine actually performed worse, worse than the, the, the first, first generation. generation. So, I mean, halvah is mm. going to be even better than quetiapine. So.
0: It's that give and take. It doesn't work as well, but you maybe have a few less side effects.
1: But yet people can abuse it and abuse it more. So really, bottom line is there's a lot of other options.
0: Yeah, just think about it, uh, depending on who you're prescribing it to, because it can end up on the street, and especially in different situations in treatment centers and in correctional care, maybe not the best choice.
1: Right, and... Because people use it so much for insomnia, I remember it's really important that if you are using it off-label, you have to document that in your notes and that the patient understands it.
0: Well, this was terribly fun.
1: (laughs) Kind of need a nap. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So don't know what we're going to do next week, but look at this. We have like a a five-week-in-a-row thing going.
0: Yeah, we're killing it.
1: Killing it. All right. Later, we'll have Casey take over.
2: You say you've got no money, but I would like to share. But you can make it through I was once a broken man